Welcome back to Don't Call a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we are finishing up our our month of Boo! spooks. Oh, did that? <laughs> did we? Did it work? Did we jump scare? <laughs> I'm assuming so. I'm oh, assuming boy. that worked. Um, this will this will come out a little bit after Halloween. I almost said Thanksgiving, but um, hopefully hopefully you're still in the spirit for some Lovecraftian stories as we are finishing up The Ballad of Black Tom today. I do have a Mm warm-up for you. And I I think it's a mix between a hot take and a question for you. Oh. But let me me set up the scenario. Yeah. So um, a couple weeks ago, uh, my one of my dogs had a little health episode and she's fine now. Okay. Cool. That's not what this is about. Uh, she's fine. Um, but I had we had to take her to the vet on like short notice. And for that reason, I had to. Uh, so in my at, at work, we have a weekly meeting mm-hmm. um, and it's with a group of like 20 people. And this was my week to like run and present the meeting. Yeah. And so I had to like can- like cancel basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, the natural thing, right, if you're close with someone who has something like this happen is to, like, reach out, mm-hmm. text them, be like, hey, hope the, hope the dog's okay, whatever. Yeah. Now, here's, here's where it gets questionable. Okay. And is, is my question for you, Dan. Yeah. How far removed from someone do you have to be? To to send to not send that text, mm. because like I'd, I like I think there's there's a thing here where like it's nice to know that people are like thinking about you or yeah. or like wishing you well, whatever. Of course, but at a certain point, it's like I can't respond to all of these. Yes, 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 yes. Now, to be clear. Not everyone sent these messages or anything uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. That's, it's it's actually on, only a few. Listen, I'm just now curious. Listeners, feel where free to text Luke uh, about checking in <laughs> on his dog. Um. <laughs> okay, here's here's my take. Um, I think in person, anybody is free. Like if you know me at all, mm-hmm. in person, ask about it. Mm-hmm. Sure, mm-hmm. happy to. Mm-hmm. Unless we hang out, relative like with with like frequency, mm-hmm. and you would consider like me a friend outside of work, mm. don't text me about it. Oh, interesting. That is not where I fall on this. Uh, that's too that's too small of a circle for you. You've created a very small circle of of care around you and your dog, which I don't feel comfortable <laughs> with, frankly. Uh, okay. I I. <laughs> When I'm when I heard you ask this question, I was thinking about like what I would do if somebody made this aware to me. Like if I had the pri- if I had primary contact with the with the situation, right? Not like secondhand news about it, but like you told me about it, and okay, I had your phone number in my phone. Like if I had you in my address book, you're getting a text. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Let me let me let me be more specific here on the on the situation, which is that I emailed my boss, uh-huh. and then I'm assuming my boss tells other people. I see. Okay, so we've got secondary contact here. Oh, mm, yeah. Okay. Well, this is why I'm curious because, like, I at the time was like a couple people texted me that I'm pretty good friends with. Mm-hmm. Great. Yes, text back, and um, <laughs> but then like if someone else texts me that I'm like not friends with, like a little bit later, it's like now I have to like I'm not I don't know how to text you, I don't know how like casual I can be. Now I'm like relitigating <laughs> this, and I just I'm- I don't want to do it. I've realized what this warm-up is, listener, and I hope you've realized it with me. Luke got one <laughs> message from someone that he doesn't know how to respond to and is trying to get me to workshop with him. 
how to respond to not a lot of messages like he's not getting a ton of messages he's gotten like maybe one message that he's like i don't know how to respond to this person (laughs) Um, uh this is the you're on the right track certainly and i i I do want to be clear i i know how to respond i just don't want to yeah (laughs) yeah um i on the one hand i totally appreciate the work that has to go into writing a response to someone, um, whether that be mm-hmm. email, text, like, I, of course I love when people text me nice things or concern to let them know they're concerned. Um, I think there should be something in our society where it's cool if you don't respond and it's not like you ignored it or whatever, but there's a pressure in our society to respond to every message. And, mm-hmm. There is a certain amount of like, I don't know, like mental work that you have to go through to respond to a text or an email that is very different from if they just say something in person and you're like, oh, yeah, thank you. Like, everything's okay now. Um, Yeah. Because it it just like takes you. You have to take time to do it. You have to like stop what you're doing, respond to it. And uh, okay, this sounds horrible. As I'm talking this through, it's like. Oh, yeah, you've got to take 30 seconds to respond to somebody showing concern for your life and your pet. What a horrible thing. Um, (laughs) Granted. However, I still feel the same way. It still feels like you've given me a job to do by responding to you. Right. I I think this is is where I am because I, I... I think that obviously there's a spectrum of people like being good at responding to texts or emails. Yes. And I am on the low end. I'm not great at it. Totally. Yeah. And so like I I 100% agree with you would love if it's just like an option to not respond. This is why I love the uh I don't know if they do it on Android, but iPhone you can just like a message. Game changer for me. It is a um, new thing. Yeah. <laughs> um but I know some people are like into it and it doesn't bother me or doesn't bother them. Whereas for me, like there are certain people that I can respond super easily to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. People that I'm close with. People that I'm not close with, it takes a lot of mental energy for me to respond to. Totally. Yeah. You got to draft that email or text or whatever. <laughs> you got to think of how right. to respond to them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And and so like, and so maybe here's the thing. If you were going to message about this mm-hmm. i think it's i think it's your job to make it a message that's easy to respond to yes um i yes i agree with you what mm. i think ha, like the way you do that is just by offering them to just be like thanks or something like right so yeah. so like like th- there's the difference between hey thinking about you hoping everything's okay that's just a yes thanks yes and then there's a hey is everything uh, okay yes yes, yes, yes that's yes, yes. like mm-hmm. now i have to describe yeah everything i will say though okay hoping everything's okay like i get why people are asking you how things are going because if they like it shows more concern right like it's very different somebody saying, hey, I hope everything's great. Like, I heard there was something going on thinking about you. Or like, hey, like, hey, how are you doing? Like, is everything okay with you? Um, <laughs> granted, like, okay, I, okay. of course it matters your relationship with the person. And if this is somebody you don't know very well, that's, that's like too much. It's your cut. It's too much. But, um, right. And of course there are people <laughs> in our lives who like, definitely that we have we have a a lopsided social relationship that we might not be aware of like definitely recognize that (laughs) um but i feel like what we could do here luke is we have an opportunity to provide our listeners with the response to a message like this because like Mm. i think if we plan this out ahead of time we can say all right here's the thing you could just say in response no matter what it is like just say this if you don't want to think about it too Ooh, much. no matter what yeah you could say this if you don't want to think about it too much like this is totally cool 
Oh man, that's a that's a project. Okay, coming up with this this would change my life. Honestly, Give, help me out. Here's what I'm thinking. All right, we gotta have it's we gotta have it's gotta be a three part message. Okay, part okay. one, acknowledgement. Just like hey, thanks for checking in. Easy, mm, sure. All right. Uh, part two is like the body of what we gotta say. Right. Um, the issue here is it could have gone one of two ways. Like it could be good. I'm going to say three ways. It could be good, bad, or complicated. Okay. <laughs> right. So we've got to encapsulate all three of those in the body of our message here. And I think how we do that is just like, uh, <laughs> Hey, uh, thanks for checking in. Um, pretty busy right now, but I'll update you at work. Or maybe something where it's like, it's like you're saying, hey, you can update them, but it's like kind of a long story. Maybe, maybe just saying like, hey, long story. So I'll just let you know what I, when I see you at work, you know what I mean? Something where it's like, hey, I do want to tell you what's going on, but mm. like, I can't type it all out right now. Right. That's a good, that's a good, yeah, that's a good distinction. I think. Sure. And then um, the last part is just like, I don't know. Send a cool emoji. Send a relevant emoji. <laughs> or a gift. I yeah. I don't know if the last part is even necessary. But uh, I do I do like the addition of a uh, long story, but I'll tell you when I see you. That's yeah. that's a good one. I think that. I think as long as, you're, as long as you're going to see this person, so if it's like someone that lives across the country who's like, hey, haven't heard from you in a while, then you can't do that. <laughs> Dude, if somebody <laughs> so I guess from... That's the, okay. If somebody from across the country reaches out to you that you don't know very well and is like, hey, I heard you're going through this this trial, these trials and tribulations, tell me about that. Ignore that. Ignore that message. Block that contact. <laughs> Who is this person? That's right. That's <laughs> this, is, this, is, uh, this is close to an act of terrorism is what this is because right. it's like, how do there I even do this? <laughs> <laughs> could i okay let me just do a uh <laughs> wrapping up thing here okay. which is similar uh <laughs> so i'll i'll ask her if i could tell tell this i'm assuming that i can and if not I'll, we'll cut we'll it cut out it, but yeah so <laughs> my wife got a message on like facebook or something like that recently from from someone i think in from like high school or something uh -huh, right uh -huh. they currently live across the country and it's like hey just saw saw your name pop up whatever whatever um just wanted to see if you would have any interest in reconnecting something 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 sure <laughs> and that one it's like how do you respond to this beyond ignoring it and i don't think there's a good way to because it's like no i don't want to reconnect but i can't say no you know? yeah i mean yeah, I feel like in this case you just you just pretend like you never got it, and then if you ever see yeah. them again, which odds are very low, it's like, oh, you what? Oh, I don't actually use my Facebook, so <laughs> which is part of the reason why I think messages saying if someone has seen them is a horrible innovation that we need to have. I know deleted from the internet because I know it ruins this. Um, it ruins it. And the, you, it ruins and we, my ability to pretend like I didn't see the message. Yeah, which we need. It's, I rely on that. We I need rely on that, that heavily. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we, let's. This went long. We, maybe we can wrap it up there. Hopefully, this helped. Someone in helped the, you. Helped you, Luke, and with your one message <laughs> you had to respond to. That's right. Which I'm not responding to. Um, okay, let's get to the book. We have finished. Ballad of Black Tom for today. Um, before we get started, actually, I, I want to ask you, how confident are you in your ability to say Sleeping King and not Silent King? Oh, God. At this point, I'm having trouble remembering which one it even is. Okay, uh, same. So I'm setting, an, I'm setting over under on our mistake at two and a half. Okay. What are you taking? Under. I think we could do it. You believe in us? Okay, I'll take us. the over. 
winner gets bragging rights of some kind. Okay. The problem, Luke, um, is you you can contribute to this to this bet in the course <laughs> of this episode. So I have to get a pinky promise that you're going to do your best. Scout's honor. Okay. Perfect. Wait a minute. Anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Sleeping King. Um. I do want to get to something that you said last time about Detective Malone. But before mm-hmm. we okay. do that, we've read a lot of despicable characters in our day. Yeah. For some reason, Mr. Howard is falling within the very selective group of worst people we've read about. Right. I yeah, I haven't done the I haven't I haven't done the research on this, but bottom three for sure. Which is so I feel it inside of me that he belongs there. But when I think about it, I'm like putting him in the same position as like people who've genocided whole planets and like people who have held up an institution of like magical slavery. And like, like there are there are people who fall in the same category who I feel like have done worse things. Sure. But he feels like he fits with them. He, he feels. Yeah, I totally agree with you on this. Um, <laughs> I ha- I honestly hadn't thought to to compare him to other ones because you're right that the the actual scale for other books and other villains that we have read is is not comparable. But uh, the absolute worst. Here's what. Here's why I think it, I think it's okay. Here's why I think it's okay to put him in the same category. I think if he were in the same position as some of these other characters mm. that we've read about, he would do the same, if not a worse thing. Totally. This is true. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like his potential for evil, massive. Off the charts. Off the charts. I do have a, a, a note that's related to this. Um, so obviously this is very topical in the real world right like police police violence um and so and so first off maybe that's probably what's also impacting our our opinions here um sure yeah the, the thing that i want to add to this is that he goes into um their house yeah otis to investigate whatever yeah otis's house to investigate and does the the classic thing that that we've heard about many times before, right? I want to add, this man is a private detective. Yep. Not yeah. a not a police officer. Correct. Yeah. So like, obvi- like setting aside <laughs> the the like social situation in this period, like this is a random man yes. that has walked into another man's house yes and and murdered him yes essentially yeah right oh it's not it's not great i okay so i don't know much about how detective worked in this time period like yeah yeah how detectives worked but and maybe i need to watch more like detective movies with like a dude in a office with like a frosted glass window with his name on it smoking cigarettes while people come in to ask him to investigate stuff but you're talking about private detectives private detectives yeah okay maybe they were given a lot more legal like room at the time like maybe they were seen as more legitimate than i feel like they should be um because Maybe. you're because you're right what happened is a guy broke into some dude's apartment and shot him and then is like look he pulled a gun on me and it's like it doesn't matter you're just a dude you're not allowed in there right he could yeah. have had a bazooka aimed at you and it would have been his right to do that you like, broke you into his house same thing you could say the same thing about police but this is like a step further than that it's like you're not even a police officer right like at oh, least yeah. police have to get a presumably have to get a warrant or like make up probable cause to go in to your apartment 
So there's like somebody yeah. else that has to okay it. You're just a guy who went in to steal something from this man. Admittedly, you were like, yeah, oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, he's there to get the piece, the, the piece of paper. He got a tip that the paper was there and was like, yeah, I'm going to go get that. And it's like, you, you admit it. You just admitted to doing a crime. You just admitted to trying to go do a crime. And then, yeah, he has these like four detectives show up. And they all just sit around chatting about the good old day. God, this scene was infuriating. This scene sucked so it bad. It did. Yeah. You're right. <sighs> I, he's just a private person. This is just a person who broke into somebody's house and shot them to death. And nothing happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're making me think a little bit more about like the the authority that private detectives have now versus then and i i could see it being much more back then because like now i feel like in the in the popular awareness private detectives are like 95 percent of the time in my in my very limited knowledge uh 95 of the time hired to like follow a spouse that is suspected of cheating yeah and like that's not an important role that deserves any kind of like authority no no like maybe I'm, I'm sure they have connections with people on the force like maybe they've gone into private practice after serving as like a real detective for a while or like a published sure. detective uh but yeah like you, you don't get any protection you don't get any special privileges you're just a dude with a camera at this point Right. <sighs> yeah. So that was tough. That was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, most of the rest of what I want to talk about is after our transformation happens. And our transformation, I mean, okay. like, where Tommy becomes Black Tom. Okay. Let me first just say, um, when, I think it's right after... We started reading again in this section. Um, we get an analogy of the like outside thing. And the analogy is like if you threw a ball of cloth at a piece of tape and then wrapped the piece of tape around it. That's the word. That's not a good analogy. I agree. This is horrible phenomenon. to read. <laughs> when it was when it was I was like, this made me less understanding of it. You are you have their doors. You have doors there already. Use a door related analogy. It's like, oh, when you're opening the door, uh, it's like the outside has changed and you're opening uh, a different door. Gimme give gimme give uh Monsters Inc. Yeah. <laughs> was that when was that made? <laughs> no, I mean it, you're right. It felt like it was way overly complicated. It's like we know what doors are, just talk about it as doors. Like why are yeah. you bringing tape into this? Why are you bringing medical <laughs> tape into this? It's like, you know that the wormhole analogy that's been used a billion times? Where yeah, it's where like, you fold here's a the spot paper. on a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like he heard that and was like, how can I tweak this? How can I make it stickier? I need it to be stickier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, we just need to, we need to work on our explanations for things a little bit. My guy, maybe this is why. Maybe this is why Tom turned on him. Okay, wasn't explaining things well. Bold. Um. <laughs> but okay, that's 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 my last note before before Tom takes control. Okay. So there is this moment where he gives his big speech, and then Tom busts through the door. Right, Tom goes through on his own and becomes black Tom. Mm -hmm. This is, you're saying he gives his big speech at the big party. Yes. Not Tom. This is like the Sar Sardiuk guy or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, but then Tom goes through the door kind of as a surprise. And mm -hmm. after that, he's like magic. He's like a magic boy after that. Right. So the detective 
the story moves to our detective now, right? And Malone is kind of following the narrative after that. He goes to was like Ma Pat's house or Mapa's house. Yeah, something like that. And it's gone when he gets there. And he's interviewing people. He's like, hey, what's what's happening here? What's going on? Nobody knows what happened except this one lady who's like, I saw the whole thing. Here's what went down. And then she gets to the part where Tom opened up a dimension to another reality and shoved the whole house into that dimension. Mm -hmm. There's like no change in how she's talking about this. She's like, oh, yeah, casual. He went in. He came out with, like, a thing. She was yelling at him. And then he opened up, like, a portal. I mean, she does take a moment where she's like, I'm just going to say it how I saw it. And then she says, <laughs> he opened up a portal and shoved the house into the portal. And then Malone makes some comment about her kid crying. And she's like, oh, yeah, it turns out he was just hungry or whatever. Ha, ha, ha. What a funny little kid. What a funny little rag rug rat I've got. And it says she, like, grins and is, like, thinking about yeah. her kid what no no uh uh-uh. you just described a world-breaking magical event and then were distracted by the thought of your like child crying and like oh haha, what a funny thing no 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 stop 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 what was the magic shit you were just talking about right she's so casual right. about it yeah so this is one where like I feel like Men in Black solved this, but it hasn't been solved here. Um, which is like, what does this lady do next? Right. What is her life after this day? <laughs> right. Or like, ever, like she's obviously the only one that saw it happening as it was happening, right? But there's a huge crowd that has come to see the the aftermath right which you could i guess explain away your classic gas leak right sure um (laughs) but for her i don't know i don't know what you do she watched one thing that i she watched a man (laughs) sweep a house into a portal right right how are you going Um, to the grocery store after that how are you doing anything after that one thing that I do love is uh, a, a couple, a minute or so before this, she's like kind of starting her story and already has the kind of like hesitation where it's like, you're not going to believe this. And Malone is like, I will believe anything you say. <laughs> and like, I I know what he means. Yeah. Like, I know that he's trying to reassure her to be like, I know crazy stuff's happening. I'll believe you. But he's like, I am prepared for you to say anything. And I don't know, maybe I throw in uh, throw in something else in there just to see, just to see what I can get away with. Maybe I throw in something that, that works to my benefit here. Maybe it's like, right. And, and my neighbor stole my car. That car over there, totally mine. <laughs> Bought it last week. Right, right. Um, or, you know, and my, I mean, you could say, you could say, and my car got, got pulled in accidentally into the, into the portal. I'm assuming it was an accident. Uh, but I, so I just need, you know, you to fill out this form for the insurance. For the insurance, right. <laughs> totally would cover <laughs> car being sucked into portal. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they definitely had car insurance back then too. Yeah, 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 definitely. Good, good. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, Also, I mean, there's a more problematic side of this, too, where the person that did this magic is a black man. And the fact that Malone's like, you could tell me anything and I'll believe you. And she's like, oh, awesome. I can pin it on the black guy. Perfect. Let me just tell you he did it. Right. (laughs) Right. Which, I mean, I don't think that that she has to hear him say that. To do that anyway. Yeah, correct. Because she opens opens this by being like, yeah, I saw a black man walking and, you know, I want my kids to be safe. So I called the police. So I immediately called the police. (laughs) Um, 
so yeah anyway she's she's i i'm assuming so i'm not i'm not we're gonna come back obviously but at the end uh malone essentially gets brainwashed by his therapist i'm assuming something similar happens to this lady Mm-hmm. right where they convince her she didn't actually see what she thought she did right it would have to it would have to because otherwise you're not you're not doing anything else with your life but trying to understand what just happened right which i will say in this i'm, I'm gonna pretend like this is an alternate universe right um in this setting it seems like not that hard to find out about these magical things i mean no there's like a no i think they are somewhat more common than in our world or maybe in in your and my experience of our world i'll say (laughs) right well said um i've never seen a book that lights (laughs) on fire in the sun so maybe she maybe she actually figures it out, right? Oh, she's like, oh, it was just she does a she goes down to the library, does a little bit of research, and is like, oh, oh, he just summoned a portal to the the sleeping king <laughs> and like astrally projected a hand to sweep away the house. Totally straightforward magical uh, technology or magical uh, <laughs> thingy spell incantation right right. everybody everybody's probably seen one of these Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah um can i actually right before this malone sees tommy at uh at god i forget the guy's name the guy with the library the old guy oh, like sadyuk or sardyuk or something like that yeah he sees tommy at sardyuk's house and tommy tells him that he's he's going basically to to go get this right uh i do love this interaction because it's after tommy has like gotten super powerful mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. and so it's very cathartic to have Malone trying to like threaten Tommy and him just showing absolutely no fear. It is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And even Malone's version of threatening, which is interesting and that we're going to get into in a second where he's like Mm. acknowledging there's a power dynamic, but he's trying not to push too much on it. He's trying to be like, Hey, look, you know, I don't like that other guy and how he operates, but I will use some similar strategies if I need to. Right. I will say where you can and can't go, uh, guy. And yeah, Tommy's just like, no, no, you won't, bud. You really won't. <laughs> it's very yeah, good. So that was nice. That was good for me. It was very good. Um, man... I get that like World War Two or World War One had just ended at this time and they had to find something to do with all those machine guns, but maybe don't give them to police forces. It's a lot. It's <laughs> maybe there's like literally no reason to give three machine guns, like heavy machine guns to a civilian police force. Dan, what if they have to quickly destroy a building in the most dangerous way possible. Oh, uh, well, it's also full of people. Right. And in ways that will probably also, you know, kill people inside and, and also play a bystanders and cause a lot of collateral damage and be extremely expensive. Yeah. Right. Hmm. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective, Luke. I think I completely rescind my point. Now that you mentioned that. Good. I think Good. it makes sense. I think more, <laughs> we should be giving more of these out. What's the like? What's the what's the use case? I mean, we see them use it, obviously, but like, what has to happen for you to be like, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and shoot at the at the building for a while with the machine gun? Right. Like, what is the call that comes in? What's the nine one one call that comes in where the dispatcher is like? We need the we need the heavy machine guns. Bring the heavy machine guns out for this one, guys. 
<laughs> right. Like, you know how there's always the thing where um, there's like a higher up that everyone hates and then it's like, but you know what? Tell you what, I wouldn't want to have to make the decisions he has to make. Is that, in this case, it's like, I, I don't think it's that hard of a decision. Yeah, but they're cool, Luke. Mm. Yeah, but everybody's excited to shoot one of these things. They are. That's true. All right. Yeah. Again, point rescinded. You're right. I think. I think this is a case of Hammer looking for a nail. They got these machine guns, and they were like, "We would love." I okay. Let's take a step. Let's let's step back a little bit. Um, I think that they've been encouraging these people to meet up in a big group because they were like, "We've got these Ooh. machine guns." I mean, we need to find an opportunity for him. This is this is even darker than than the previous uh, reading that we have done. But yes, yes, they've been sure. subtly influencing these people to coalesce into a big group. They've been pushing and pulling in just the right ways to get them all in one spot where they could they could assume that it was like a military action they had to undertake. Mm, mm-hmm. This was a gang. This was not a, just a collection of people living in poor housing. Right. So they needed, they, there's nothing else to be done. Right. Even though they did go in and arrest like all of them and they had them mm-hmm. pretty well contained pretty immediately. Right. Right. But, uh, but man, they're cool to shoot, huh? How neat is that? Very good. <laughs> Ah, uh, it's bad. It's it's very bad. I there's the note in here about um I, I forget who, which president it was. Teddy Roosevelt. Like, Old Teddy. Teddy Teddy Roosevelt. Um which I I do not know anything about this history, but I will uh, I'm assuming that the author is, t- is accurate on this. Um what's the like <sighs> What's the approval process on this for a machine gun? Yeah, like like same same thing here on the on the usage decision. Yeah. Right? How do you there's, apply for a grant this, for a machine gun as a police department? Right. Right. There's this new program where it's like we need to start giving the police the police like more resources towards what they need. What does that application look like when it is in request for three machine guns? I mean, like anti-aircraft machine guns. Look, if our current world is any indication, uh, very minimal for a police department to get military grade equipment. I think it's the I think it's the it looks cool. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel safer and we have the money for it. So we'll pay you. We'll buy one. No, no, we'll buy it. We'll buy it from you for sure. Um. Yeah, because again, Luke, this is immediately post World War One. They've got these things lying around, right? Just Lucy Goosey. Just hand them out. They're keeping they're keeping people safe, Luke. Right, that's right. And if 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 they're just sitting in a box somewhere, they're not doing anybody any good. Mm-hmm. That's waste. That's wasteful. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So I keep saying that about our atomic uh, arsenal as well, but nobody's listening to me. So, <laughs> so true. So true. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so are you ready to go into the, into the basement? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's go. So I, I actually don't have any specific notes for, for our basement interaction. I had one um, concern here. How much of the basement did they tear down between these three buildings? Because I'm assuming they don't have a great understanding of load-bearing walls. And, like, (laughs) I get it. We're working with some weird magical stuff here. But um, Mm. those buildings have to be supported by something, y'all. And if you've just got a big open space underneath them, I I guess we do see them come crashing down. But (laughs) you're asking for trouble. I actually didn't think about it during the, during, while I was reading this. Um, whew. It was all I thought. I of. didn't hear, I didn't hear him say that they left pillars. I didn't either. hear that either. I heard it was a big open room. 
big open room. Um, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they don't have just magic holding it up. That doesn't seem right to me. No, no. So here's here's my theory. Now I know Malone said that they've only had this for like two days, but it it, it looks like they've been working on it for like months or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say they actually have only been working on it for like a day or two. And our our team was like, we really only need this building for two days. So I think it can hold for two days. Because then they're just going to blow it up. So it's fine. What you don't see upstairs is all these like places on the floor that they've like put a bunch of caution tape and cones around that are like, don't walk here. This thing is held <laughs> right. up like a big Jenga tower and... Do not step here, otherwise it's coming down. <laughs> Actually, if you... One of the reasons that everyone was so freaked out when they went into the building is that all items and furniture have been moved on the upper floors to the edges of the building. And they were like, what is this? This is it. But this- in reality, <laughs> it was just to make it so that it didn't fall down. This is why they think it's this big, this weird cult thing that's going on. Is they're like, the, what did they do with all the furniture? Why is why is their decorating so strange? It must be a cult thing. Those those kidnapped kids must be here. Right, classic the, cult thing. Check the middle. Maybe that's where they hid them. Um. Yeah. Um. Can we talk about Malone a little bit? I want to save a little bit for the Mm. end with Malone, but just last episode, you were, you were almost team Malone. I don't want to say you were, but you were, you were willing to give Malone a little bit of credit. Are we still doing that? No, we're not still doing that. Okay. I just want to check in. I want to give you a chance. (laughs) Cause I was, I was like, I, when we were doing that last week was when there was a very limited interaction. Yeah. Between Tommy Malone and what was his name? Howard or something? Yeah, Mr. Howard. Um, and just as we said, the 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 bar was set so low by Mr. Howard that that I think Malone limped over the bar. Now, in this scene or in this section, I think I don't. So, Mr. Howard definitely didn't raise the bar. <laughs> um, maybe I got maybe I maybe I got a a different bar for Mr. Howard and for Mr. Malone. And uh, no, Malone, uh, Malone did not make it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, Malone is pretty shit. He, I feel like I kind of had him, had him pegged last time of like, he wasn't explicitly bad, but he was perfectly happy to work within the bounds of the society to get, done whatever he wanted to do and Mm -hmm. perfectly happy like using his position to maintain the like existing power structure and like wasn't really interested in justice in a meaningful way um yeah pretty shit mr right and and this is this is why what uh tommy ends up doing is so fitting which is uh-huh. cutting off his his eyelids, right? Yeah. Um, because the idea is that Malone is just like like closing off and not looking at all of the injustices. Yes, exactly. He's able to like rationalize what's going on because he's not really paying that close attention. He's choosing to ignore right. it. Yeah. Right. So a very very gruesome injury here. But very fitting. Tommy gave him the old pool goggle special. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so, quick side note here. Yeah. Uh, they talk about what they try to do to make him look normal, which is to give him, like, goggles. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, the clear ones didn't work. <laughs> so he had to do dark ones. The clear ones, surprisingly, had a bit of a magnifying effect. It's like... Yeah, well, why did you try? What are you expecting to happen with the clear ones? Well, look, they've never done this before. Okay, this is this is the first time they're doing this. 
They were like, okay, we're going to bring attention to your eyes. And then hopefully people will not notice that you don't have eyelids. <laughs> they'll just they'll just like really appreciate the eye contact you're bringing to the table. They'll really be like, wow, this guy's great at eye contact. We love it. Very good. Very good. Here's, actually, here's a question. Yeah. Um, so the, the sunglass thing might work in like... Uh, a quick interaction Mm -hmm. right you're walking down the street and people are like that guy has funny sunglasses on but that's it Mm -hmm. but for like a a a human interaction that you might have with somebody yeah is he just is it just like once if i'm gonna know someone i have to tell them Mm. well okay i feel like there is a certain amount of uh, ignoring that we do or like pretending like we're ignoring something that we do about people that we only mm-hmm. really dig into. Some people don't ever dig into it unless it's brought up by the person. Right. Right. So like right. we, I, I can almost guarantee I've done this with somebody before of just like, there's something weird about this person I'm talking to, but I'm going to choose not to acknowledge it and just let them do their own, let them do their deal. Uh, right. Sure. So I imagine he's able to get by pretty well. Now, literally everybody he interacts with is going to be like, is that a fashion thing? Or what was the deal with that? <laughs> right, right. So so the thing, uh, what you've said is completely true. However, the circumstances of those are usually when the person is not necessarily like trying to hide it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But with Malone, it's like he has these weird sunglasses on. If I'm like becoming friends with Malone, I'm like, hey, man, I you've never taken those off. Do you sleep? Like, we've been in a dark tunnel together. It was weird. And you didn't even take them off then. I saw you reading with those on. (laughs) What's what's the deal? I feel like he does. I feel like at that point, he's going to tell you. He's like, oh, I don't have eyelids. Man. I also, this also led me to ask the question of like, is this what we would do now if somebody got their eyelids cut off? I assume there's a... There's a probably not a common surgery, but a little something, something. I don't know, Luke, because it's like there's like muscles there that are controlling your eyelids, right? Yeah. I guess they're not in the actual lids. So like I'm not a surgeon. Okay. I'll say that now. I'm not a plastic surgeon. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm working on it someday. Um, (laughs) But. I, I, you know what? I also don't want to know. I don't. I think this is something I'm. I'm perfectly happy to not Google and find out, and perfectly happy for yeah. no listener to tell me any more information about this. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, yeah. I think this is one of the ones I can just kind of let go. This one can float off down the river. Bye. Nice, nice. That's very big of you. I'm proud of you for Thank that. You. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. Let, let, let me get back into into the, the meat of things here. Mm. So what Tommy has done, it seems, mm-hmm. is woken the Sleeping King mm-hmm. and made a, made, made a little dealio, I guess. It seems that way. Where at some point the Sleeping King and at all... Yeah, and his entourage, yes. And his entourage will will come in and take over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um how do we feel about that? Uh oh. Honestly, not that bad. I think this book does a great job of making it not sound that bad. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I do want to hear more. I want to hear the Sleeping King's platform. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I assume it's pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. I would be like, can we do something about the smell? And I'm on board. Smell would be big. Also, the sense of existential dread that comes from just gazing upon their visage. I think that's mm-hmm. tough to manage on a day-to-day basis i think going i think working at the olive garden after looking at that is going to be tough yes so we need like 
A little compromise here. Uh, I I'm cur- I guess maybe I'm curious what the what what the deal Tommy struck was. You know, the devil's in the details here. Or the or the sleeping king is in the details. Some might say. That's right. That's um, right. Yeah, I, I don't know if he could really negotiate though. It doesn't seem like there was yeah. a lot of room for negotiation. He was just like, yeah, I want this guy to run shit because how it is now is, is horrible for me. Which is why right. which is right. why I'm kind of like, yeah, I think his his point at the end is a fairly good one of like, this world is already very horrific. I, I want it to not be this anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And sh- I don't know if the Dutch guy really knew what was going to happen. When the sleeping king came in, like he claimed he did, but I don't know. Well, well, Tommy says that he wasn't going to go through with it. And so Tommy had to step up, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that implies that there's, there's something that he didn't know, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know if it's going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to be good. Um, Granted, I don't know, though. Like, I'm sympathetic to Tommy's point at the end. Oh, sure. Uh, Obviously, planetary destruction is not a great solution for a lot of people. (laughs) A lot of And probably not Tommy or people like Tommy as well. Like, I imagine. yeah, Yeah. Here's what I think. Um... The next step is preparation, right? Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta land this plane smoothly, because like if if suddenly a hundred years from now the sleeping king comes around and is like, all right, gang, time's up, let's do this, and no one knows, it's gonna be a tough transition. Now, mm-hmm. if if I've got if I've got prep time prep time okay yeah it could go well okay so you're saying we we build this into school curriculums of like hey kids now we're doing we're doing sleeping king hour where we're gonna learn about the sleeping king and the fun new world that he's gonna bring in when he when he finally enters into our dimension right right because okay the the other the the other thing here right is that tommy doesn't know when it's gonna happen yeah um and so you know how there's a thing where it's like, uh, man, I was born too late to to do these cool things. Right. Right. I feel like there's maybe some hype. <laughs> <laughs> be like, man, it'd be kind of cool to see. Luke, all of the descriptions about this guy are horrible. <laughs> Anybody who looks upon him is like screaming constantly. They didn't have prep time. <laughs> what are we prepping? Are we just looking at a series of increasingly <laughs> less pixelated images to get us prepared to look at like the real face? That's right. At, at some point, people look at like, I can see why someone might consider him handsome. Sure. He's actually kind of hot. <laughs> Right, Here's the, we have time to change beauty standards, Dan. Oh, Luke. Yeah. Okay. All right. Prep time. Sure. Guess what? That face is now attractive, and the smell of decay is now good. I mean, this That's reminds right. me. This reminds me a lot of our fish people. Yes, for sure. Where, like, maybe over time, they kind of like it. <laughs> Okay. If you if you if you think about it, it could be nice. It could be cool. Uh, Have a big sleeping guy. Have a big well, it, like it's like Snorlax. We've got a big Snorlax in the sky. That's nice. It's I cool. I don't think this is like a Snorlax, Luke. Yeah, it doesn't feel like Snorlax. The the next generation of Pokemon, the goal is to is to acclimate us to Eldritch Horror becoming the edition. Sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Kids are having nightmares. They cannot look at him. 
Yeah, but he'll help you beat Ash. Damn it. You are Ash. He'll help you beat. What's the what's the rival? Team Rocket. Name? Ah, that's the enemy. What there's a rival. Wow. Oh, like Gary, I think is his someone, name or whatever his name is. It might be Gary. Oh no, you could name him. Yeah, you get to pick his name. That was I always, I always want Gary. Poopy poopy butt face. Or Gerald. Yeah, sure. Who? <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's 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 my note. We need a little we need a little prep time for Sleeping King and maybe it'll work mm. out. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. Uh can we dunk on Mr. Howard for just a little bit? Oh, sure. Cool. I think he's just so dumb. I think not only is he like a horrible, but I think he's pretty dumb because he goes to this lady's house and gives her the last page. And then he's like, "I will give me my payment, you dumb old lady." Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he can do magic. No. He he does he not. knows that it's part of it. Yeah, he doesn't seem to know what's going on at all. And he's still so arrogant. He's just he knows that it's like possible, right? Maybe. I'm assuming he has like there's got to be a reason he's getting this page and why it burned when he put it in the light. Like he's got to put these pieces right. together of like something more is happening here. Right. And he's just I agree, not. yeah. He's so dumb. And I kind of love it for him that he's that <laughs> dumb. I also want to say, in the end, Black Tom scalps him and uses his hair to paint the supreme or the ultimate alphabet, whatever it is, on the floor. Mr. Malone at one point is like, oh, that death is not fitting for any anybody. And this is just a moment where I was just like, no, nah, dude, I think it's pretty fitting. <laughs> I think that's a good that's actually that's pretty good for him actually yeah kind of totally cool with that actually (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) he's pretty i mean he's yeah he's he's dumb from the get-go i i guess yeah yeah no redeeming qualities for mr howard put him in our top three worst characters of all time (laughs) I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. <laughs> um, I I do want to kind of talk about the like overarching kind of structure and how this relates to the the original story. Oh yeah, let's do that. Which I'm really into. Mm-hmm. I I love how it incorporates it. Um, which is basically like. The story that actually happens in this book, The Battle of Black Tom, is different. And it explains that by the version that we read in the horror at Red Hook is the like sanitized version put out by the the government slash police department, whatever. And I thought it was done really well. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It is really great how... Um, I think Victor Laville is the author. Mm-hmm. Um, is using that trick that Lovecraft loves to start his books with, being like, "Look, this is what the story is about what happened, but here's the real story." And then it's like, right. "Oh, actually, that's not the real story. Here's the real, real story." Right. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. Um, and it also puts it in. Like, it doesn't completely change the original story either. Like, it doesn't completely transform the dynamic. There's still a lot of, like, uh, I don't want to say criminals, but, like, unsavory people who are gathering together. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, Tommy acknowledges this. He's like, these people who he's gathered are dangerous. Like, I don't really want to be here with these people. Right. Right. So it does still, I think, maintain this sense of, like, danger. And, like, these are tough people who are a part of this cult. But it also, like, it flips it in a brilliant way here at the end, where it takes all the police brutality that we were annoyed with 
in the Lovecraft story and is like, yeah, that's why all this is happening is because of the police mm-hmm. brutality. Like, in essence, the police caused this. Right. This yeah, is yeah. the yeah. this is the fault of the police. So good. So good. So good. Yeah. This one. This was a, this was a, a great little like addition response. I don't know if I would consider it a response. Maybe I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And it, it kept, it kept like the, the kind of like mystery aspect of it. Like we didn't actually go into detail, even though you and I talked about details right. of the sleeping King. So um, it, it was, I think thematically consistent as well. Yeah. It maintained a lot of the, the like Lovecraft elements of uncertainty and mystery and occultism. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Man, you have any more notes? I got a question for you, Luke, as we wrap up our season of Lovecraft. Okay. We've, we've seen a lot of characters here, which, which of these characters do you think is the, the best Halloween costume? Which of these is going to give us some, some interesting costume ideas. Mm. There's there's a few we've got to work with, right? We've got the frog yeah. people. We've got the hybrid frog people. Frog people right. You haven't quite transformed um, yet. I mean, what about... So, okay. I do think there's something to having Malone after eyelids cut off. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know how you do it. Uh, and, here's how you do it. Luke. Here's how you do it. And and I think I think I think you need something else below head, but I don't know what it would be. Well, I feel like you just dress as a 1920s detective, so trench coat, fedora, mm. fake revolver, cigarette, always talking about okay. how yeah. rainy and drizzly it is, and the. <laughs> horrible crime in the city and how terrible your life is and how much you drink all the time anyway and then uh you get a pair of swimming goggles and you just paint eyeballs Mm -hmm. on the inside of them okay so so they're just always open right sure yeah yeah and then and then (laughs) slap those on slap those bad boys on yeah i think it works good to go i think it works for sure and then every so often (laughs) you got to take an eyedropper and just like fill up the goggles a little <laughs> everybody would get it i think totally yeah <laughs> yeah everybody would for sure get it you'd be doing no explaining <laughs> i think it's good that's so that's that's my pick what do you have one that you prefer over that um i mean a fish person could be fun make a cool crown mm-hmm. yeah don't speak any English. Just speak in like a fish sounds, whatever those are. What's your? You're right. Do you have? Uh, do you have a weapon? You go. What? What are you going? Trident. Got to be a trident, right? Got to be a trident. Always. It's underwater. That's the underwater weapon. If if I'm a fish person, I've got a trident. Come on. This is day one stuff. Okay. <laughs> easy the, the, the tough thing is that um the jewelry and like crown and stuff is always described in abstract terms as like super mm-hmm. interesting but alien and weird yeah so there is a level of of artwork that that you need to be capable of to pull this off that's true but it's abstract um, art so is it really hard yeah, but it's. I feel like it would be tough to be abstract in the correct way. Yeah, you know. Okay. Obviously, I'm joking. I'm joking, folks. Abstract art is is hard. Okay, it's real. <laughs> it's valid. Um, I feel like 3D printers could help a lot with this, though. Well, I, I'm actually more thinking that the difficulty comes in the design. I think that's a big part of it. Yes, but then once you have the design. You don't have sure. to actually form it. You can just print it. Yeah, yeah. In my in my 3D printer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could print one for me too. It would be cool if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. We can meet up. Good, good. <laughs> um, also, I like Black Tom at the end of this is a 
incredibly cool character and that could be mm. a very a very good costume as well yeah so get a get a get a straight razor with a with some goop on it mm-hmm. some strawberry well. jam mm-hmm. classic yeah yeah good anyway uh i think that's it for spooky season luke that that's it for spooky season um so hope you had a good hope you had a good halloween i yeah it was great i think i did it hasn't happened yet as of recording but i'm, I'm sure i will i was well i to be clear i was talking to the listener but oh but... i almost forgot they were there <laughs> just kidding just kidding folks <laughs> okay um for thanksgiving season mm-hmm. <laughs> no our next book is not themed i mean uh, you know what they say week, about thanksgiving food though luke you know you know the classic thing that they say about it it's you know how it's best served it's best served cold is what they always say as and, leftovers um <laughs> and that's so what we're reading next next week we are starting best served cold by joe abercrombie um this is a standalone book. However, it is in the universe of the First Law trilogy. And I I don't know this, but I'm assuming that it's best to have read that trilogy ahead of time. Um, presumably everyone listening to this already has already done so, but just fair warning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, so we're stoked about that, Luke. We're excited to get back to First Law, see what's going on in that happy mm-hmm. cheerful <laughs> universe uh that's right <laughs> a lot of good things happening there i'm excited for it luke i'm gonna be bringing hot takes and i'll be the dumb nerd <laughs>